housekeeping? Oh me off. Hey, Whoa. you watch pillow? You watch pillow? All right, some quick housekeeping. In this episode, we talk about No Country for Old Men. There were definitely some lulls. It was the first serious film that we ever uh, recorded. And so maybe, Clay, you yeah, can talk a little bit about that. It was hard because we were trying to find ways to engage in pretty heavy subject matter. So it was a lot of times where we were kind of just looking at each other and kind of going, uh, aside from just going, I like this scene, I and like this scene, as, I as, like this As scene. the conversation got more grim and more grim, sometimes we would steer away onto little tangents here and there to keep our spirits up. But, <laughs> but not to, yeah, not in any way to dissuade somebody from the movie because it is an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. It is very heavy. Incredible film. I just think it was a little bit difficult for us to discuss because we weren't sure how we wanted to take this yeah. episode. Uh, we weren't sure if we wanted to focus yeah. more on the symbology or maybe just some of the more technical aspects of the behind the scenes stuff but so as as we continue to do this podcast you know uh, feedback is appreciated if uh you guys like us doing these serious movies in a particular way um let us know you know let us know but we'll we'll get better at uh doing funny action and serious you know or we'll at least try yeah we'll try yeah (laughs) and so uh with that um this episode is probably gonna end up running about a little over an hour by the time it's done. Um, the very next episode that we're going to do is... Um, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. So the Sam Raimi, uh, from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, number two. So if you're following along, then uh, watch that film. And also, the last thing I'll mention is that it, we've recorded a couple pre-show episodes, which is like uh, where when just we some get chit chat, yeah. So when we show up, we meet with each other and we just talk and talk about uh, the la- since the last time we've seen each other. And we had been cutting those out, making them separate episodes. And this one, we're going to combine it. And I think that's probably the right decision. Yeah, moving forward, that'll probably be what it becomes format wise. That'll be it. And so um, just expect that going forward. We'll we've been kinda, referring to it as a pre-show. Yeah. And I, I think it makes sense. We just kind of chat and then we eventually get into the film. And so um, with that said, I hope you enjoy this episode and we will see you on the next one. Stay tuned, friendo. Peace. Nice. <laughs> that sounded good. <laughs> Not a tumor. Give me back my son! What up, everybody? Welcome to episode five. No country for old men. Woo! How you guys doing? It was, uh, we're, oh, I'm doing great. Doing aight. I'm freaking pumped. I love this movie. <laughs> I'm so jacked. I do love this movie. I better because I picked it. Right, yeah. Hey, uh, what have you guys seen that's been absolutely just made you so excited since the last time we hung out? I, I've been watching more TV than movies lately, yeah. but I did go and I totally saw the new Mission Impossible. Dude, so Fallout. good, right? Mission Impossible Fallout. Dude, should we talk about it? Dude, you're yeah. going to kill me. We have to, Man, but I, 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 I worry. I haven't oh, seen past, okay, spoil uh, past Ghost Protocol. Okay, then screw you. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> Wait, my, it's my bad. <laughs> How have you I not saw seen go- past that? I saw Ghost Protocol and then... Uh, and then you loved see, it so much that you one. thought, oh, I shouldn't see the next one because yeah. 4 was so good. Dude... Tom Cruise is such a bad mother. Right? You know I mean? <laughs> he is, the guy's 50 years old and he is just he, absolutely killing it. He kills it every oh single film. Gosh. I heard there was a, 
a news or, or an article on the internet talking about the more Tom Cruise runs in his movies, the better they do in the box office. <laughs> and they have like have a you, little list. Set have you up. seen that YouTube video of Tom Cruise just, just running? running? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's oh, like yeah. thirty minutes, and he it's runs in all the movies. Every single film, <laughs> just him running, and so you just see him jump from scene to scene to scene. If you've never seen that, you should YouTube it. It's hilarious. He mm-hmm. runs a lot. The but dude, dude he I loves mean, running. In Mission Impossible Six, so of course there was that big headline that he, in one stunt, was jumping from one building to the other and was supposed to fall short and then pull himself up, and he broke his ankle. Mm-hmm. So you see him get up, and he hobbles past the camera. They actually use that in the yeah. film. And that shot. ended up being the shot because they That's can only cool. film it once, and Tom Cruise even said, he goes, I know that this is going to be the only time that this that they get this, so, yeah. so i got to walk past. There's a, they, That reminds me of uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Yes, exactly. Uh, Jackie Chan <laughs> broke his like foot. He's very like Jackie Chan. That. Where's the the cast and and yeah, with the sock over like it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a scene for those that haven't seen it yet when he's jumping from rooftop to rooftop, and on like the third rooftop jump, he jumps and his ankle hits the um, wall he's jumping to with such force it just shatters, and uh, you don't really see it. I mean, well, if it was slowed down and you're really paying attention to the ankle, you could see the bend. But when he climbs up, you'll know it because he limps off camera <laughs> oh this is uh this is aragorn aragorn kicks the helmet oh, out of frustration right. yep. when he loses the hobbits yeah. in i think the second movie uh, in two towers yeah yeah and uh he breaks his foot in that shot and he mm. screams and goes down on his knees <laughs> i i just love that he does all of his stunts and i know people have mixed opinions on this i've heard some actors go out and say that it's they should never do it because it's disrespectful to those that do it as a profession, the stunt actors. That's and a the, cop out. Dude, that's what they're some people being, say. They're just being lame. Dude, I know. But I mean, yeah, they need a job, I guess. But it's like, screw you, dude. Just Instead of some random guy for 10 bucks an hour putting his life on the line, you jump in there and right. do it. Dude, I think that stunt actors are really undervalued. Oh, for sure. And I've, I've heard that uh, a lot of people don't like when the actors do their own stunts because then if they get injured, it screws it shuts over down the whole movie. Yes. People can lose their jobs. And yeah. so it's kind of right. one of those things that you, the the studios don't want, they don't encourage, you mm-hmm. know? And I can see why, but at the same time, when you're really good at it, like Tom Cruise, Jackie Chan, uh, some of those like martial arts guys. and It makes uh, the film better. Yeah, it, it adds to the authenticity. Watching, and I'll say, watching him drive the helicopter, fly the helicopter with a camera on his face and all of his reactions are him reacting to flying a helicopter mm-hmm. after a six-week course. It makes the movie that much better yeah. and that and you, much more believable. And you can tell because there are fewer cuts. Like the yep. camera actually sits on him for yep. longer durations. It just feels They can right. get stuff without CG. Yeah. But, Dude, I, I loved it. I love yeah. that guy so much. Me too. I, and and if you end up hearing this, Sadie, you're wrong. <laughs> she's a coworker of mine. Uh, and she, she's like, she hates Tom, Tom Cruise. Dude, we're always getting in fights sh- over this. Sadie, I don't know you, but shame on you, okay? <laughs> it's it's okay to be wrong sometimes. You know, it's like I get not liking Tom Cruise as a person because 500 years ago he jumped on a couch and acted crazy. <laughs> but and move on but look him look at him as an artist he Dude, is yeah. amazing i even respect him because he's in scientology and that sounds weird but i'll say it because everybody knows that shit is crazy it's like you know what I mean? dedicated. Well, it's bad man but, 
But here's the thing. Imagine how hard it must be to be him knowing that it's crazy. And you got people like Leah Remini just shitting on you all she's day like, long. Yeah, she's like, like a little whistleblower yes. for Scientology so she can get a freaking all day long. TV and, uh, show. Let, it, let it be known that uh, we've all dabbled in the waters of uh, Utah with the Mormon, the Mormon church. Which isn't. And so we kind of kind of know a certain mind type that it takes to uh fully commit fully commit to something for sure i my point is i respect it because it'd be hard to live that lifestyle in this day and age with everything we know right and he just says dude i'm gonna do me he's like i'm freaking tom cruise flat flat earthers and i love it yeah flat (laughs) earthers you're just like yeah good for you for good for you staying ignorant it's like you want a golden star (laughs) but so, Will, how do you rank the Mission Impossible movies, all six? Holy crap, that's way too hard because they all blur together at this point. Uh, Let me. Number I, one is still me, my favorite. Yeah, for me, it's super easy. Are you ready? One, six, four, five, three, two. Oh, dude, I have easy, to look bro. these up. Hold Mission on. Impossible 2 is hands down the worst. It's not a terrible movie. It's just the worst Mission Impossible movie. Mm. But the first one is so, so good. So good. And then three kind of reintroduce the genre to kind of more of this like action adventure thing with jj abrams coming mm-hmm. in and that was exciting and then brad bird kind of brought it back and upped the yeah. ante with some of the stunts and that was ghost protocol yeah. right but then yeah. kind of kept it back to the original core idea of mission impossible and then christopher McQuarrie or whatever with that with mission impossible five and six rogue nation and uh what's this fallout oh my gosh mm-hmm. dude there's a, a yeah, ghost there's a protocol rogue nation fallout you know and then you know, one, it's two, actually three. pretty surprising that this was a series that uh has so many movies there's so many years between each one no, it Let's started see. in 96 96 yeah, 2000 2006 2011 15 and then 18 and how is it so. that they, and they're getting better yeah. yeah how is it that they keep getting six better? movies in and you just i walked out of that movie and i was like my mind was blown i was like they they keep making Dude, them i'm just gonna keep watching them. oh my gosh I'll, yeah i'll watch every one i'll watch mission <laughs> impossible 99 you know what i mean no, Dude, i, I you feel know. i feel bad that i haven't seen uh past ghost protocol and, and, i'll have to i'll have Rogue to change Nation's that really good you'll yeah. like it what do you guys think is gonna happen because eventually tom cruise is gonna get too old do you think he's gonna end up he's taking, gonna play some old grandpa when someone younger plays his sexy son. Well, that's what I was going to say. Don't you think he's going to take over almost like the role that Alec Baldwin had and that he's going to end up the being... The weird, annoying, fat guy that's kind of pointless? <laughs> I hope well, not. Well, and I was going to say the one that's kind of dictating yeah, yeah. the he's whole gonna operation. He's going to John Voight. Yes. John Voight. There you go. You know, exactly. they're gonna, they'll turn him into a villain for the last for the next reboot. Oh yeah, and then piss everybody off because the whole time they've kind yeah, of uh, been trying to make John Voight's character in the first movie is the main character from the TV series. So it's the protagonist from yes. the TV series that people grew up with and watched for years and years, and they made him the villain in the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's like you sons of bitches. Yeah, <laughs> that's like they'll do, it, they'll do it eventually. With yeah, Tom that's Cruise. crazy to you know make the movie the, the you know the TV show guys the villain i mean it was a twist that nobody really saw coming like it's good and yeah you see him die at the beginning it's the best it's it's still the most quotable thing i think in my life from all six films that's still the best i mean it's 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 gotta take balls to kill off the not just kill him off but make him the villain you know can't believe it so which is the worst one the second one two for sure john John woo john woo all the slow motion it's, it's fun if you look at it as not a Mission yeah, Impossible exactly. movie. If you can look at it as just, just a, a random action just a, movie Just a stylized Cruise. spy movie. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. All those doves. And then you remember he 
flips upside down and shoots that guy with the gun and kicks it out of the Dude, sand. I remember when they were filming it, uh, the opening scene when he's rock climbing. Yeah. They filmed that somewhere in southern Moab. Utah. Yeah, Moab. And uh, I believe Boris was down there on vacation and he was like, Oh, I'm going to go see Tom Cruise client, you know, filming out here. I'm sure he didn't get close, but <laughs> I remember he was down there while they were filming. He it. was trying to. Yeah. Lucky. That's cool. That's a very memorable scene. Oh, Hey, that reminds me that's too. That's one of the coolest stunts. You know, it reminds me too. Didn't, isn't that right around the time when he did the Austin powers? Cause there was, he was in it briefly. Yeah. And yeah it's at the, at the beginning, right. Doesn't he do the opening cameo or something? Yes. And it was rem- the second mm-hmm. one. And I, yeah, I think he was, too. wasn't yeah. he also doing the climbing, climbing on some uh, giant uh, rock face? Maybe not. Maybe I'm just no, no, that's in the actual movie. I know, but I thought okay. they did it as a like parody a also in the Austin Powers. Oh, I, I can't remember. I've, I, saw I, I just Austin remember Powers him ejecting out of the car. It's been so damn long. And something about helicopter blades, like jumping over with like Uzis. Yeah. Right. Dude, I'm going to have yeah. to YouTube you know, that you know scene. What? The Spy Who Shagged Me is the best... Uh, Austin Powers movie that is that is podcast worthy in my opinion. Do you think they're gonna do a new one eventually? Because I've heard you know rumors. I, I think it's a character uh, Mike Myers has mentioned that he wants to return to and do at least. Well, one Well, at more. some point he's gonna need some money. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna have to crap out another another Shrek. Austin Powers or another Shrek. Or, dude, yeah, dude, he's he's what the ma- he's made for life. To? Nothing, dude. Uh, I remember him. He was in Inglorious Bastards. He yeah. was just a random like, like British soldier who had that like really. Isn't uh, he the British soldier uh, who gives them? Yeah, who's giving them the orders yeah. and explaining the mission. I mean, he once he got Shrek, that was it. You know, yeah, yeah. He, game over. He, yeah. Did you know that uh, Chris Farley was the original voice of Shrek? They actually recorded a whole bunch of. Uh, I actually almost heard the, that almost the entire movie. You can go on YouTube no. and listen to him his versions of the lines and see like storyboarded sketches. Yep. And uh, he just didn't finish the movie before he died. And as a tribute to him, Mike Myers stepped in. And, I think uh, he, was, he was a good friend. Did, did you say Chris Rock? Because it's Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Chris, I Chris, just want to make sure. Because yeah. I couldn't remember if you said Chris Rock, but it's Chris <laughs> Farley. But I listened to it, too. And it, mm-hmm. it's weird, yeah. though, because... It's, he doesn't have the Scottish accent. He's like a gentle giant. Right. He's yes. like a gentle ogre. And, uh, you know, Mike Myers had... He, added some different uh flavor his scottish guy from uh, how i married an axe murderer the the scottish dad yeah he'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i thought it was neat but mm-hmm. you can find it on youtube uh but man i'm so happy it ended up being mike myers is yeah. a lot better i mean you know the that that scottish uh, accent of his is hilarious so i pulled up mike myers it's looking like uh, yeah, too. He's on Austin he's, Powers it, Four. Rumored. It's rumored. Well, of yeah. course, it's rumored. And also the Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the thing about this shit is that they say rumored for everything. Like uh, another one is um, I've always liked the Bad Boy films. Yeah, that shit's been you know rumored I, for yeah. like ten years. <laughs> Dude, uh, you're talking to a Dark Tower fan. There you go. Who, right. uh, waited and waited and Ripped. waited. It's and been you know rumored what? for forty five million years. I loved the movie thinking of it as just an, uh, a cool interpretation, uh, you know, an adaptation without being uh, under a lot of pressure to be a huge franchise. I mean, maybe they were trying a little bit, but the movie itself is kind of more a tribute to the whole series. Mm-hmm. And if I just look at it as one movie, not an attempt to start a franchise, it's hard with the ending. Uh, I agree. Yeah. The ending of the movie ends on a Whoa. let's go on an adventure type. Oh, yeah. You know. 
scenario as the the what if yeah well and, i mean that's almost like a studio must yeah enough enough was changed about the movie that uh you know i was just happy as seeing it as a cool oh okay a what if yeah you know mm-hmm. it was definitely as a huge fan exciting to see it on screen mm-hmm. and yeah it wasn't the lord of the rings it wasn't the best movie ever but it was definitely very enjoyable and it wasn't bad enough that i felt like I was punched in the gut and, you know, sad by yeah, it. Yeah, the it, kids, the kids and love you know it. What? Corey I, loves it. I, mean, I walk away with Idris Elba as my cinematic Roland, yeah. and I'm happy. Yeah. He's, he is fantastic. I personally would have chose uh, Liam Neeson, and this was right around Taken came out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he became the cool old dude uh, action, you know, revenge uh, movie star and he was in like four or five movies one after yeah. another where he's just this he's like, badass like ex-military yeah and I, he had the perfect like grizzled old look he was perfect uh, he's, he's who I imagined Roland as reading the books what and is that seeing Idris Elba was not an insult to me at all it's like okay you know this is fine I'm, I'm i'm gonna get this adaptation i'm just gonna roll with it and be happy and he crushed it it's amazing he crushed yeah. it what were although you saying? For, for me he's always gonna be stringer bell sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. i just love him as that yeah. character it, that's from uh, the tv show the wire which the if you've never seen that's will's show it's my favorite show a, um, wire posters all over us I just I love that show so much. Uh, it was an HBO show. Uh, you can totally see it on Amazon these days if you have Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I will say that um, they remastered that to where now it's um, it's not four three. It's uh, sixteen by nine yeah. and it's HD. And so it's, and they redid it, the sound. You know what, too, right? dude? It's way better. Those, it's way uh, better. Those zoomed in HD ones when those were first coming out. I was so upset. I remember watching an episode of Seinfeld and just thinking, this shouldn't be fitting on this TV. This or Back is to wrong. the Future. Yeah, this is, oh yeah, that's another thing. But yeah, it's just, this is wrong. And they've gotten so much better at it that I, you know, I prefer it now. I used to prefer the, you know, the black boxes on the left and right, if that's the way it was supposed to be seen. But they've gotten good enough at it that I'm cool with them uh, zooming in a little. I- I've tried to get so many people to watch that film and they just can't get past the first episode. Like it feels too, (laughs) just feels too dated to them. But I think, I think with the remaster, it'll help. But if you could just look past the first episode as the years go on, it gets so much better. It's like, like it's the writing. If they're listening to this, then you did that. You got past the first episode. Did Sopranos (laughs) start off uh, letterboxed or not letterboxed, uh, you know, did it four three? I think it did. And they, didn't they remaster those? I think so. Dude, th- that's yeah. another show. Sopranos. Every time I, th- I, I think of that show, I It's always, almost time. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, it's, it always reminds me of Mag because we were in Chicago uh, doing the- uh, oh, We did a summer job right. for a security company installing in uh, homes, Dude, there's, ADT. There's so many stories we can tell about that. Actually, I'm going to touch on one of the stories a little bit for later no for No Country. All right. Because, which by the way- Yeah, we should probably get to the we, podcast we, eventually. We are <laughs> going to talk no about No Country for Old Men <laughs> eventually in this episode, but we're just kind of- Catching sh- up. Catching up and shooting the shit right now. But uh, there's a scene when he goes underneath hit the mobile home where he yeah, keeps yeah, hiding the, the money. Yeah. And it reminded me of an experience I had in Chicago <laughs> installing elevators in some motor homes. And Gross. so I'll, I'll get to that. But um You mean security systems. You said elevators. 
Oh shit! I don't know does. why that's all my dad does. I, I don't know why that's on my mind. <laughs> it's a weird know, place to install an elevator. <laughs> yeah. underneath a mobile home. I just home. Uh, didn't want people home. being confused about that. <laughs> you know, maybe a bat cave underneath. Yeah, oh, most man. mobile homes have some sort of bat cave <laughs> underneath. It's crazy how protective the people are of their motorhomes. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's you know, we were we were installing in some pretty upscale like fancy motorhomes they would have like an artificial lake do you, do you guys like, mean mobile home or motorhome like it's a motorhome like oh my god trailer park. dude i'm okay so i'm mobile. all messed up yeah. right now you know you both are you both have been saying motorhome this whole time trailer park. yeah literally and i was like what the hell I'm like motorhomes i'm like i guess that makes sense you know dude. the recession my uncle was living one, but <laughs> hey me and you lived in a, yeah, a trailer for I two guess, weeks in your driveway i don't know why I, I, well, I was camping out there i wasn't <laughs> living there because it's like my that's, I, I came back from that summer doing the security systems, went and lived at Clayton's house and, yeah. uh, in his driveway in a trailer. In my, in my parents' camp. Well, it's a camper. Yeah. It's not a camper. trailer. Oh, man. I don't well, you know what I mean. Like, I don't want people to think like, like a It's mobile a mobile home. home. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I would just go inside to use the bathroom yeah. and take a shower. Well, I, I meant to say mobile. Okay, anyways, mobile, not okay. motor. Back to your story. Back to your story. All I was going to say, though, is that the reason why I mentioned that, why they're so protective, I just noticed it. It was so... We installed in more mobile homes than in regular homes. Uh, the people that had mobile homes just wanted to pre- protect their things way I more. If it's like a, Dude, it was totally like a thing. like a. There was a house I remember going to that was uh, like, oh, what's that Clint Eastwood movie? And the the car Mystic River. No, the car. Get off my lawn. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's oh. Uh, Grand Torino. Grand Torino. So yeah, I remember going in this guy's right. garage and just seeing like <laughs> the sickest old like just beautiful you know 1960 whatever. I'm I'm not really uh, the most car, car guy. guy, but I just I can appreciate the beauty when I see it and just you just want to lick the car you know the paint job is just immaculate he you know probably has just like a few thousand miles on it and it's just his baby that he's kept running you know for years and years mm. and yeah see and, and that was a regular thing you'd go in someone's garage in these mobile homes and uh yeah you'd see cars like that under the tarp and they would always be really excited to show you just thinking about it now too i mean I would probably be worried if I was living in a mobile park house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mobile like, park house. You can like punch a hole through a mobile park house. Well, you know what I mean? Like I walk up to it and kick, I kick it down, and you know, of course, you need a security system, dude. So, going back though to Mission Impossible, I want to close this one thought. Is that I want to know? Did you catch like every single little? I don't want to spoil. It. I guess I, I got to be careful yeah. here. Um, I'll just say this: the the more films they make the harder it is to to get me if that makes sense yeah. with the twists oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh i did yeah yeah so you, you didn't yes. have a problem at all no, like, I, I saw from a mile yeah, away yeah me too and i was, and i i, I kind of looked over at Corey as it was happening to see what her reaction was and she was kind of like oh i thought so <laughs> but it's okay like it's, it's still it's like the fact that it wasn't a reveal right. that it was still happening i, I didn't care because it was just like, oh my gosh, this is still so right. exciting. The yeah. masks have become such a trope, and yeah. they, you pretty much expect it right. every you time they the, bust the them out. The first movie now. was really cheesy with it, and I loved it. Right. The every time movie they got would, worse. they would take. Oh, the second movie was bad. No, the first, like, the first movie they did it right. Yeah, like yeah. it, it worked really well. They're, uh, they're still doing it. But I mean, they, the yeah. one thing that they I really liked is. The hospital scene. I'm not gonna. I'm, that's as much as I'm mm-hmm. gonna say about the scene, but it was very reminiscent of a 
piece from Mission Impossible One that I thought was missing from the rest of the franchise. Will knows what I'm I talking know exactly about. Exactly what you're and talking about. And I was, <laughs> I almost clapped in the theater because I was so excited to see it. And I, and I turned to Corey and I said, "They're going back to Mission Impossible One. Nice. It's a direct sequel to to Five. Mm-hmm. A lot of the villain stuff is is a carryover." But John Voight, I wish. Um, but it's it's very very reminiscent of yeah. uh, the first Mission Impossible, I, which was awesome. I loved Henry, Henry Cavill in it Dude, too. He, he was so sweet. He killed Dude, it. That mustache. The mustache is on Dude. point. So here's something that I was gonna bring up. So I watched Justice League, uh, and seeing the CG upper right. lip is the worst thing Dude, I've ever had I wanna to do. Watch, I want to watch a single CG time. upper lip Mission Impossible Fallout. I want someone to go <laughs> they reverse it in that and one. reverse it in that one too. <laughs> I, dude, I would have loved to see Super... Okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, Justice League had reshoots and uh, Henry Cavill was... Uh, shooting Mission Impossible, and he had a mustache that, that he was contractually obligated yeah, to keep Christopher on McQuarrie his face. would not let them shave the mustache. And no so they what. refilmed these Justice League, like the entire movie, pretty much, and they CG'd out his mustache for like again ninety percent of the movie. Every and every it becomes spider, it becomes screen. this terrible like CG like mouth, and that combined with uh, the Steppenwolf, terrible CG. Steppenwolf on his magic carpet ride across the universe. You right. know, well, he's it's like you see hate. this terrible CG with him. Dude. How long do you think it took to edit that out? And imagine, oh, oh no, imagine, there's, imagine there's millions of dude, dollars. But yeah, it was so much money. And imagine and you were those digital artists, and every morning you had to wake up, yeah. and all you thought about was that goddamn mu- yeah, you're mustache. Just, you're just thinking about a mustache. Frame by frame, I'm going to erase that goddamn mustache. And he was Pluck it out. They probably dreamed about it, you know what oh I mean? And it just ruined their lives. And they went home and shaved. For like a good Henry year Henry Cavill's so. like stupid mouth just coming at him like Pac-Man. <laughs> You know, they're running through the, you know, Dude. A, a dark alleyway and his giant mouth is going to consume them. That's what them. you get when you have Joss Whedon Nightmares. come back and try to nightmare fuel. your franchise. Yeah. It was nightmare fuel. It was so awful. I don't know who you poor souls are out, <laughs> who, <laughs> who had to do that, you artists out there. Sorry. But man, I... Props to you for doing it. I bet you had to do a lot of therapy after that. Oh, what's, the, uh, <laughs> what's the quote? The Jurassic Park, uh, I don't know if they should have done... They took... they. We're too concerned with whether or not that they could should wait. Oh yeah. man, we're totally just murdering that it. Thing. But you you get the <laughs> I know gist what you mean. of it that you didn't ask to 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 yeah. You didn't stop you to ask to whether you should. Yeah, <laughs> damn, we butchered Dude, that we, shit. Anyways, we here they they knew that they could, gonna, but they didn't realize that I'm, they shouldn't. I'm gonna, I can <laughs> say I'm gonna it put for the reals. I'm gonna put the actual yeah, quote yeah. right here. Right Boom. here. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Okay, and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Was that enough time? Who knows? Movie oh, magic, man. right? Well, that's what I get for showing up to class without a, Dude. Without a notebook. Oh, man. In, in honor of how <laughs> terrible Justice some water. League is... There's some water, dude. I think we should talk about. I've got one. I've got oh, one dude, of the best what movies a, ever, right? What about uh, any film or TV shows? Just real quick. TV shows. Is there Ugh. any TV shows that you're watching right now? <laughs> I just finished. <laughs> God damn, dude. Sorry, dude. You yeah. dying? Yeah, something just went. <laughs> I threw a, I threw a penny at Magnus earlier. So he swallowed it. I just barely finished uh, Westworld. Holy shit. If you guys aren't watching Westworld, you should. It's really good. Instead I, of watching season two, I've been. 
that actually sounded kind of relaxing. I want to see like what that. that sounds like. I'll, I won't do it again. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I want to binge watch season two, and I've just been waiting for the right moment. So I finished that, and I also finished the new season of Atlanta. Ah, I can't even say it. Atlanta on FX. Oh, nice, yeah. So is, is that season two? Yeah. Okay, dude, I want to watch that. It is so good. It is one of the best shows by far. It actually reminds me, it has the same sort of vibes as... Um, Twin Peaks? Yeah, actually Twin Peaks. And I was going to say a merger of like Twin Peaks with also uh, The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is so unique. And Donald Glover is incredible. Yeah, you know, and in, anything he touches, he's, he's got the Midas touch right now. He really does. Like, I'm interested in anything he's involved Except with. Except in Spider-Man Homecoming. Ah, he was fine. He phones that part in. That's we watched fine. that tonight with the kids. I was like, man, he's so much better than this performance. What would you think of him in Han Solo? Oh, uh, sorry, there's two things that I hate Donald Glover in. <laughs> and his weird trying to do an impersonation without trying to do an impersonation, without knowing exactly what kind of character he's doing, was horrible. And I, I think I don't think it's his fault. I think he's a victim of the complete lack of trust the studio had in Phil and Chris Lord before mm-hmm. firing them and bringing in Ron Howard to save the day. Like... When was yeah. last time Ron Howard had a box office success? Holy shit. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, it's a beautiful there, mind. There was that whale movie. How did we, that do? Dude, it didn't make any money. That whale <laughs> movie? Exactly. Just that whale He's movie? That, yeah. The Heart of the Sea or something like that. Let's see. I'm actually looking. Dude, probably the beautiful mind is like the oh, last so, one, dude. Uh, real quick. Uh Movies. I, I actually wanted to bring up that I went to a drive-in movie. I took the kids to the drive-in movie uh, to see. It was Hotel Transylvania 3 and the new Jurassic World movie. And uh, the very first Jurassic Park movie I saw in a drive-in movie yeah, as a kid, you know, oh, 20 nice. years ago or whatever. And so I got to kind of come full circle with this one and have, see it in the drive-in. Have that, those and member give it berries. to my kids and give that experience to my kids. That's so. really cool. Maybe Frost I, the, Nixon, by the way. The, the movie was okay. It, it was pretty much what I thought it was going to be, which is not bad, but Wait, whatever. Hotel Transylvania 3? No, no, no. <laughs> Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic World. Kidding, yeah. Dude, end that, of the end of the fall, world. Whatever. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. That movie yeah. blew chunks. It, I still haven't seen it. Had, it. it had some fun dinosaur stuff. The, the, the second half of the movie, if you remember, uh, that was really interesting to see. But was it good? I don't know. Was I it right? It had dinosaurs in was it. Was I right about it it's cool. Escape from the Island, Escape from the Boat, then it's the last scene of The Lost World? I don't know about Escape it's, from the Boat. Dang it. But, you, you, you've, um, you've got some... Uh, you're real close. Yeah, I'm you, right there. You've got some of the pieces, for sure. Yeah, but, close enough. Uh, it, yeah, it, it was brutal. It, but it wasn't good. But it, it was. It's you know maybe is I, I didn't see Solo, but apparently a lot of people just didn't like Solo. You know, it just kind of didn't do it for them. But it's still, dumb. but it's, it's still kind of a okay. Star Wars movie. Yeah. So you just kind of like it for you'll, just you'll, being Star yeah, Wars. I mean, people will see and Solo. That's how I feel yeah. about this Jurassic Park. It's like Jurassic Park three. I like it because it's got dinosaurs in it. It's Can cool. I ruin that one big thing from Solo yet for you guys? Are going to see <sighs> no. it? No. It's well, it's literally yeah, okay. the stupidest reveal ever, and it was only in there to be like, oh, something to talk about, positive about this movie. But it just say it. So, <laughs> Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul That's makes it. a cameo at the end, and he's the one leading the entire like underground gangster rebellion group. Mm. So he gets because he gets so he comes cool. back in. Yeah, he comes back in Rebels. Right, they sew him back together, and it was like super cool how they did it in the show. 
uh, from what I understand. But yeah, this I was did just they, like, uh, did dumb. they get Ray Park? Yeah, Ray Park came oh, back, so he, he and he turns on his lightsaber as if you didn't know who he was, <laughs> and then you for, see his for stupid, no reason. And he's like, because he's talking to to uh, what's her name, Daenerys, mm-hmm. and he's like, it's Amelia me, Clark, Darth Maul, and then he turns his lightsaber. Does he do on. anything with it? No, he just stands there and has it on, and Dude, then that's he turns so it off. Yeah, it's idiotic. <laughs> and then she goes, "Oh no!" And then she goes and hangs out with Darth Maul. You know, I, I heard end. that this movie might uh, end put an end to the Obi-Wan movie that they're wanting yeah. to do, well, which is really unfortunate. It's still secretly in talks. Mm. Like it's 50, 50 right now. Cause you keep, I keep hearing both. I know I've, I've heard rumors that you and McGregor is going to come back for uh, episode nine. That he's so going to awesome. come back as some that. sort of, you know, force ghost or Dude. maybe uh, possibly an origin story for who Ray's parents are. I think that would be cool, but do it's you hard think to say. her origin really is, what they say that it's her parents are un yeah, noteworthy. Just, yeah. So I kind of like the idea that you can be kind of a force Jesus, you know, and just have the powers and you know, you, you kind of like a mutant, you know, an X-Men you wait, you wake up as a teenager and all of a sudden you can do some cool force stuff. Do you pretend like that whole metachlorian thing doesn't oh, man. exist? I hate the metachlorians. Yeah. They're the worst. Because like, just cause it, you, you could retcon it, man. You could argue that she was just born with a shitload of metachlorian. If you're going off. Well, the, she, yeah, but she had a dad though. Her metachlorians are probably off the charts though. I, I, I like to think <laughs> that, uh, she's a, a secret, uh, Kenobi. I I am always held I'm out totally on board with the secret Kenobi. You know what, dude? He's sitting there on Tatooine, just hanging out with Jawas and at the most Isley Cantina. He hangs out with seedy, you know, prostitutes most and likely. And you know what? He probably uh, has a love child, a little he, he uh, force baby. Well, when you're the last Jedi, you're like, dude, I'm gonna. You know, yeah, even, hook up. even better would be a. Uh, oh, what? You know what? For how old she is, he would have been old. He would have had to be old when he was uh, banging them. Well, and most likely, yeah, like, remember how they randomly age there to are, convenience? Mm-hmm. How like you how know, old people sling the most dick? Do they? <laughs> they a hundred percent do. This is well Dude, known. Sir Anybody Alec that Guinness. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Sir Alec Guinness. Have you ever seen him in the Arab- uh, Lawrence of Arabia? Just absolutely, just crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> It was the Bridge hand, over the hand river gesture that killed me. Too right. One day we're gonna have a video camera when I could afford it, and we're gonna we're gonna totally live stream this on that YouTube. Be, yeah, that's, that's the, the dream. Oh, yeah, that would be way fun. That's gonna be the the dream is it will live stream the video and this audio all all on YouTube. But um, <laughs> that gesture though, that's for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so, dude, should we actually jump yeah, into I, No I'm, Country? I'm feeling ready. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling we've talked about enough happy stuff that I can finally get into this movie without it wrecking my soul. <laughs> yeah, this film is pretty dark, you know. Um, if You know he, what? 35 minutes. Remember that so that you just in case uh, we can introduce that in the, the housekeeping. Housekeeping notes. Sorry. Sure. You're going to have to edit that out. Love you, Will. <laughs> no big deal. But, uh... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean this this film is one of my favorites, uh, and yeah. I, <sighs> do do we want to get into the synopsis? Yeah, right. Give a synopsis of the movie. Yeah, who who's filling up to it? Yeah, um, I, I, I guess Clay. I'll, Clay. Oh man, boom! So you. you're Johnny on the spot. Yeah, dude. no, I no country for old men is is a story about 
a guy who happens upon what he assumes is going to be his golden ticket. And right. it's literally couldn't be further from the truth. So and it just becomes a mess of uh, cleaning up his trail, you mm-hmm. know, and trying to cover up so that he can keep this uh, ill-begotten money. Right. And so uh, basically Josh Brolin. Yeah. Stumbles upon like a, a, drug deal, a drug deal gone wrong, yeah. Yeah. and then and, finds uh, a finds a giant bag of money, like several million, I think, two million, two million, yeah. something like that, and uh, he decides to keep it, and very quickly after starts to learn that he's left a trail, and it's kind of funny because he's a tracker, right? You know, at the beginning of the movie, he's hunting that deer, and uh, you know, he realizes that he's leaving that blood trail. That it's just going to be followed and followed Dude, and followed. Right. I, I know this is this, this is a little much no, for the synopsis. Fine. I think no, even but it, it pretty much just follows him uh, until the end of the. It's it's a man. Yeah. It's a man out of his element, and the whole time he thinks he's in it. Like yeah. he's he wants he, is he in feels control. he feels like he's in control, <laughs> and everyone's telling him you can't handle this, you can't handle this, and. Right. He's like, you don't know what's coming for you. Well, yeah. In fact, everybody feels pretty in control in this. I mean, Ed, Tom Bell, which is uh, Tommy Lee Jones, um, he doesn't even come into the film until like 30 minutes into it. He has uh, the least amount of screen time as the mm-hmm. top billing actor. Yeah, which is <clears throat> funny to me because he's the protagonist of the he's, film. He's the main character. I mean, it's for no sure. country for old men. And so it really is a story about him, which I thought was cool because when you start off it's with um josh brolin's character uh llewellyn and um you're thinking that he's the lead mm-hmm. but he's not it's not his story so, it's actually uh tommy lee jones the sheriff ed is so uh, story one thing i noticed this time the last time i watched the movie i actually watched this two times in preparation for the podcast is a uh, it's very similar to their fargo yeah. formula oh, yeah. of the the lawman the every man put in the uh, extraordinary circumstances, possibly shady, you know, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, it's always and money. Then, and then you've got the the bad guy, the hitman, the devil, you know. The the uh, yeah, the incredibly yeah, and talented so and successful. It's hitman. pretty much an unfunny version of a Fargo, Fargo sequel. Yeah, so it's worth noting for those that don't know that uh, this was written and directed by the, the Coen Coens. brothers, and uh, so the Coens also did the films that he was talking about just now, and. Uh, the Coen brothers, we're probably going to do a lot of their films because yeah, they're worth doing. They're easily one of our favorite yeah. directors. Um, they've nothing but hits. I mean, there's a couple of misses yeah, they, in there's there. A, there's a few uh, missteps, but pretty much uh, they've got the Midas touch. Serious Man. Yeah, it's good. I don't. I don't love it. It's good. Which which is I actually have which is the worst one. Uh, Davis. Uh, Hail Caesar. I thought was just absolute yeah, garbage. That, I haven't that seen Hail so Caesar, and I haven't seen the. Is it Lewin Davis? Is that what yeah, it's called? Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis. That one's really good. Yeah, I've heard it's good. So, um, but yeah, I, I I kind of pictured the movie as a kind of a Fargo sequel. It is. Ways. It is very similar to Fargo. And uh, another another really neat thing that I didn't notice uh, until now. Is uh, th- there's no soundtrack? Yeah, so, there's, dude, there's, I think there's I no music. Like, there's only what, one thirteen minutes or sixteen minutes or something. Total? I I actually wrote that down too as a note. Is that I didn't notice that the the first time around, but uh, there is no music and I'll no say, music except for those mariachi singers. Oh yeah, that song. Yeah, and I called you up and I'm like, Will, I'm dude. driving, so I can't Google this. So I actually wrote it the, down. The mariachi scene. Uh, what are they singing? So and here's here's the words. I'm gonna say in Spanish and then I'm gonna uh, translate it. But so re- says, real quick, let's give the circumstances. Uh, so Josh Brolin is on the run from uh, 
what, what's his Anton name? Anton Chigurh. Sugar. 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 <laughs> Sugar and spice. <laughs> and, uh, which and is played by Javier Bardem, who's incredible. Yeah. And uh, he gets banged up real bad, and he goes south of the border to hide out in Mexico. Dude. And, and uh, I wanted to mm-hmm. say, interrupt real quick and say that it's worth noting in the whole Coen Brothers universe that Llewellyn is the first and only character yeah. that ever left that the, United, the States. United States. Yeah. Wow. And all cool. of their movies. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, uh, that's that's a new one for me. So he leaves, go, crosses the border and. Uh, oh, so uh, he's banged up and he just kind of barely escapes. uh Anton Chigurh coming for him and uh, he gets across the border kind of passes out somewhere and he's woken up by uh, just a band of mariachi singers mm-hmm. if that's the correct uh, yep. verbiage correct <laughs> and uh, this is what they sing and the lyrics I actually looked this up because Mag called me and he's like what does this mean um, they like, actually I need to know they actually wrote this for the film so it's not a, uh, a song um, but the lyrics go Quisiste volar sin alas, quisiste tocar el cielo, quisiste mucha riqueza, quisiste jugar con fuego y ahora. Like dot, dot, dot. So what it means is uh, quisiste volar sin alas means like you wanted to fly without wings. Uh, Quisiste tocar el cielo. You wanted to touch the sky. Quisiste mucha riqueza. You wanted a lot of riches. Quisiste jugar con fuego. Um, you wanted to play with fire and now. And yeah. so, and as soon as he said that, I'm like, yes, Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a cool analogy for the whole movie. And you know? I actually think that oh, that lyric. Sorry about that. <laughs> you're fine. I think that that's, those lyrics, that song really encapsulate kind of the theme of the whole film. It's so funny that they did it without even subtitles. You know, it's right. just uh, it's for a little Easter egg for us to go look up, you know. Yep. But really, the Llewellyn story is a story of Icarus, a guy that that uh, wanted all these things, but he got uh, too, too greedy. Flew too close to the sun. Flew, close to, flew close. too close to the Shigur. The Shigur. <laughs> to the Shigur. Dude, we need to talk a lot about that so, Shigur character, man. But yeah, I think really quick, though, I want to talk about Josh Brolin, because I think a lot of people listening to this, some of the younger guys and gals, will see, you know, oh, it's Thanos. Oh, it's Cable, you know? Oh, Josh Brolin, he's like Josh. super famous. But Goonies. He, he before wasn't. Before this, he wasn't in a ton of stuff. He had Into the Blue that he was in. He was in Hollow Man. And of course, we know him from Goonies. Yeah, Goonies. And so he, at the time, was filming uh, Planet Terror with Quentin Tarantino and uh, Robert Rodriguez, obviously, who directed Planet Terror. Um, it was a little uh, grindhouse double feature that they mm-hmm. both did. And it was really awesome. And when they were filming... Josh Brolin found out about the lead for Llewellyn Moss in his Coen Brothers movie. And he goes, oh my gosh, I want to get involved. So he asked Robert Rodriguez if he could borrow a camera to shoot an audition tape. Well, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino found out about it. So they did one better and they directed the audition tape for him and sent it in. Dude, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, they're such a cool team. Right. Yeah. And they're like, so they're just helping their buddy out. So they get the the notes back from the Coen Brothers and the Coen Brothers say, said, well, we really enjoyed the lighting. That was their note <laughs> on the audition. Obviously, they liked it. He ended up getting the part. And then from there, it became almost this resurgence of Josh Brolin as this very, you know, big money, A-list type personality, American gangster. Um, obviously, dude. the Grand House came out. Milk, he was uh, I true I just Brit. finished uh, Sicario, too. Yeah, Sicario. He was He's in Sicario and Sicario, too. such a badass in that dude. film. 
Holy he's, shit. He's, he's crushing it right now. Well, I mean, you think since, what, 2007, he's been just absolutely killing it, except mm-hmm. for Jonah Hex, of course. <laughs> you know, Jonah Hex, uh, that was Hex from the beginning. Right. Like, it yeah. just, all that Wasn't studio that involvement. Also it was Megan, like Wild Wild West Part 2. Megan Fox. Fox? Yeah. yeah, it felt like Wild Wild so West. Bad. It was just yeah. like that same schlocky, like, stupidity that just wrecked that movie. Dude, Jonah didn't, Hex is in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh, really? Didn't it, it, it was pretty funny. Didn't that come <laughs> out around the time of that other Western that was kind of weird? The one, um, it was like the Western with aliens. Oh, Cowboys, Cowboys and, and aliens. aliens. Harrison Ford and... Uh, James, James Bond? Bond. Yeah. Didn't that come out around the same time? Uh, sure. I think so. Yeah. I Dude, all the years just blur together. Yeah, it's all, it's all but you were movie. talking about how the, the silence in the film is really unnerving. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, I wrote that down, too, because um, the only real sound that you get is the wind. The wind and footsteps. And yep. so you get the footsteps of, like, Anton Chigurh, like, walking around. It's oh, creepy man. as so shit. I, I watched the movie with headphones on. Uh, and yeah, it was great for sound. Uh, the co- one of the coolest parts is uh, when the end credits roll and those footsteps, and then it becomes music. I thought that was awesome. I'm like, oh, here's some music at the you very, know? very end. Yeah. Right. And then Anyways. you get you get a lot of wind sounds because mm-hmm. they're in the desert, and then you get uh, the wind rustling through the bl- the the blinds and the the curtains. But dude, it it just gives such a creepy vibe the silence well you're you're almost experienced what they're experiencing right you're listening to what they're hearing dude which by the way there's a moment um where uh i remember when sheriff sits down in the house and remember when he drinks the milk milk? yes dude he sits down in that that exact same spot and he looks in the tv sees the exact same thing and then he uh he's he's hearing all the same stuff he even drinks the milk and what what is it that he says a line in the movie is like uh he's seen what i've seen exactly he said um does he know what kind of evil is coming after him? And he said, well, he should because he's seen, he's seen what I've seen. What I've seen. I like that idea. And it had an effect on me. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And he goes, and it's had a profound effect yeah. on me kind of a thing. Um, I really like that, that this, that all these trackers in this film, they're all just trying to follow each other's footsteps and, and get in their head space. Mm-hmm. And so you, they really are hearing all the same things and trying to do all the same things to catch up to each other. But, uh, the, the sheriff, he's always just a few steps behind, you know? So, uh, want to address the elephant in the room. I think this, uh, his hair is probably the uh, funniest Anton thing. The fact hair. that they made Anton Chigurh as like, scary and gross you know you know just Just. amazing villain with that haircut is amazing you know only the coen brothers could have uh pulled that and they purposely did they Mm -hmm. they tried they actually asked the 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 hair and makeup to do the worst haircut you could think of hair you can make him look i mean the the coens they wanted a character that kind of represented this uh He's almost like an unstoppable evil. I'll go into it more when we talk about him. But the Cones wanted to avoid this one dimensionality of the character. Uh, like a good comparison would be the Terminator. They right. didn't just want a Terminator. They wanted to avoid him to have some that. humanity. Maybe Terminator yeah. Two. In fact, um, when they asked uh, Javier Bardem uh, if they, he'd do the film, I wrote down some of the quotes. He goes. Um, 
uh, Javier said to them, um, I don't drive, I speak bad English, and I hate violence. And then the Coens responded, <laughs> that's why we called you. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And, and then, so, of course, he's going to take it because who doesn't want to be in a Coen Brothers movie? Right. And so uh, Javier's just this really awkward character who's um, not your typical bad guy. He, he seems like someone you'd run into in an asylum. Right, and you and, and he pulls it off, or somebody you'd walk past on the street and not think twice about it. You're like, dude, that yeah, guy had a dumb both. haircut. <laughs> unassuming, yeah. yeah. He's he's unassuming, but at the same time, you know that uh, there's some darkness that you don't you couldn't explain, like you couldn't explore yourself. How about that scene you know? where he's choking the cop to death with the handcuffs on? Holy shit, it's so and you're just dark. staring into his into eyes, his insane eyes, and then you're seeing all the kick marks, the scuff marks from no, the guy's and, boots, and the, and the chains cutting into mm-hmm. his neck and just bleeding everywhere. And it's like on his wrists, too. It's, it's how wide his yeah. eyes are as the camera not, pushes in. Oh, dude. And whether whether it's a cop who pulls him over, whether it's uh, just dealing with like a civilian in a gas station, or, pull, or him pulling somebody over to talk to him it's like you know that he he knows all the ins and outs of uh the situation he's in how he's gonna kill the person you know what he's gonna do to get out you know he's not gonna he's an animal he can't be trapped so i was thinking about him because he's not really a representative of pure evil like i was saying previously he's Mm -hmm. i thought about him more as an agent of of death i was gonna say death like he's a grim reaper almost he's a prophet of pure destruction what do you think how many people got away from him after seeing him no uh, like that he talked to him a, in are you, are you gonna shoot me i don't yeah. know can you see me right yeah. or did you see me can you see yeah he says can you see do me? you see me yeah that's what it is and then right. he shoots him so the only guy that gets away is <clears throat> well, the dude who flips the coin right. and so we, i mean yeah he, he's yeah, literally your, there to coin. kill I mean, he, everyone he's disinterested in anything but collecting what is by owed his to job. fate by yeah. his coins you know what i mean so mm-hmm. he's kind of an agent of fate and of death there's this um theme throughout the film of determinism versus free will and, and randomness randomness random. like random in a world where one's life or death may be determined by a coin toss you know and it's a mix of luck and chance and perhaps fate you know it, it's it's really hazardous it can be hazardous to one's soul to even engage with it or at least that's the way the sheriff you know bell sees it and so uh you can see him throughout this film where he's wanting to chase this guy, but he keeps saying that he feels outmatched and that mm-hmm. that uh, he wants to opt out, you know? Yeah, and that he understands that the world's moved past his ability. The world has moved on. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, for sure. And um, one thing I wanted to say, though, is at the very end, because they got this whole determinism and free will. There's that incredible scene that everyone remembers when he's in the uh, gas station and the guy mm-hmm. says, um, you know, he says, uh, what's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Dude, one of my favorite quotes. What's the most you've film? ever lost in a coin toss? That was really good. <laughs> that sounded just like him, dude. <laughs> nice job. Friendo. Dude, friendo. Friendo. Friend. Steve. That always makes me think of yeah. Steve. Friendo. And then I, I love it though. He just keeps, the guy keeps saying like, uh, we need to know what we're calling it for. And he's like, I didn't put anything up. Yes. Call it. Yeah, yes, yes, you did. You've, You've been, been putting, putting it up, up your whole, whole life. life. <laughs> you just didn't know it. He goes, uh, what, what do I, I stand to win? Everything. Everything. <laughs> but it's this whole dualistic idea that you can have like everything or nothing. And he's just so just 
life or death you know uh it makes his character so interesting um at the end when he's victim to that car crash that he was not planning on it just kind of goes to show that even even death can shed a shed some blood i love that because exactly that is that how reassuring is it to know that the 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 death can bleed (laughs) and just you know anyone who thinks that they have control like true control is wrong right you know like again anyone can fall victim to the random at any time and i think we could have a plane drop on us right now dude i read this book called um there's a few books. There's one called Fooled by Randomness, and then there's another book that's called um, Oh shit, I'm trying to remember that I read. But the the point is, is that people under <laughs> when it comes to statistics, like people have a hard time dealing, wrapping their head around that. So like if a if a weatherman says that there's a thirty percent chance of rain, right, and uh, it or, or sorry, there's an 80% chance of rain. Let's go with that because it's a better example. And it doesn't, people will look at that like the weatherman was wrong. It's like, no, it just happened to be the 20% yeah. chance. 20% still exists. So you're, so you're telling yeah. me there's a chance. <laughs> oh, boy. Just, but people <laughs> like to think in absolutes, you know what I mean? Um, anyway. Only a, only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> That's but, true. But I think one of the characters <laughs> that really gets it at the end is that Carla Jean, right? Very plainly, she yeah. says that the coin has nothing to do with it. It's up to him. It's his choice. Yeah. And then uh, he keeps saying, no, no, Shigur is adamant. You know, it's He's, not the coin, it's him. And and she refuses Again, he to call he's it. he's in control. Right. And um, in the, you see him walking out of her house at the end. So the question is, is she dead? What do you think? You know, again, kind of like the guy who he asked, uh, it's like, are you going to shoot me? He's like, I don't know. Do you see me? You know, you don't know he shot that guy. But at the same time, the, the guy could have said, I didn't see anything. You know, I, I promise. Like, I'll nah, never. See and you, maybe bro. he whipped out a coin. You know, who knows? But uh, yeah, I like to think that he iced her. Did anybody read the book? This is oh, based no. off a book. I haven't read it. No, I've, Steve I've, has. I've read uh, I've read The Road, which so was, was really, really good. good. Cormac McCarthy. So in the book, I didn't read the book oh, either. Boy. But I read this uh, online. Mm-hmm. In the book, uh, it's very clear that Carla Jean is killed. Yeah. Okay, he iced her. Right. Mm. They don't make it clear in the film. Uh, I kind of like that. Dude, I it's remember seeing ambiguous. that shotgun with the silencer. For the first time, oh yeah, Dude. thinking that was the coolest thing. I, I and don't know that how sound that it makes is yeah. so cool. I've I've heard it's not very realistic at all. Well, did you know they actually you know? made that for the film? It's very specific just for the film, which I thought was cool. Yeah, that's cool. They made that Again, and his air gun, weapon. little air gun, dude. That would be so scary to even like pose with it. You know, like you're that you're the guy. You know, hold 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 still, please. Yeah, you know, and he puts it up to his head. I'd just be terrified like that that, that thing is just going to go off. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, what if it actually shoots <clears throat> me and kills me, dude? Dude, the hold still, so creepy. Yeah. Just all can the you, shit can you he hold says. Still, please. It's always you know? just so. That's the thing that he, he always has because, a plan. He's again, he's he, he's never not been in control. Yeah, but you it's, know, it's, the closest like he no got was when he got winged. To anything when know? he got winged at the door when he let his guard down and he got shot in the leg. Uh, I was gonna mention another scene though, is that he was kind of out of his element when he was dealing with that, the really overweight secretary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was the first person. It's like, she did. It's like, yeah, she had no idea. It's like, if you ran into the devil one day and he didn't tell you he was the devil, would you be, you know, owning that conversation? Would you be verbally kicking his ass and not realizing it? Everybody's 
bumped into and met somebody like that secretary and she scared me more than Shigura. You know? <laughs> she's like, I said, we can't yeah. give out she's, no information. She's got some balls. <laughs> and they just have that stare down that's really awkward for like 10 seconds and then and he then, just walks he, away. Yeah, he hears somebody getting out of the bathroom and then he, so he walks out. And I mean, it's... It, so I guess two people got away from him. Yeah. On screen that you totally know about mm-hmm. the coin guy and the secretary or the like the office manager lady or whatever, dude. So going, oh, I think one thing I want to talk about a little bit is just the very beginning of the film when it kicks off. So he finds all this money, right, and he heads back to his um, his uh, mobile home, and uh, there's that scene where he's about to go to sleep, right, and he's sitting there thinking just in his bed and he could have just fallen asleep but he doesn't and he doesn't because uh the crime scene that he stumbles upon there was a mexican that was in his car that was wounded needed some water and needed some water and he left him got no agua yeah and he left him out there to die good bro one but when he (laughs) but when he goes back to his his house and he's about to go to bed his conscious mm-hmm. weighs on him too much and he decides to go. But it's so sad because that's that was the decision that, that cost him everything. I mean, that the, cost him everything. The money had to track her in it. Right. Though. And it, he so, would have got caught. But I mean, yeah. I always hate, like, it gives me so much anxiety when I think about him going back down the ravine. He's down at the camp and then you look up and you see those guys standing in his truck and you're just like, dude, it's game over. There was no way to get out of it at this point. Mm-hmm. Even before you know about the tracker, because he's still done at this point in the movie, they have his license plate and VIN number. So mm-hmm. they know who he is. Yeah. It's a good and point. when he goes back to the house and sees his wife, he's like, they're going to, you know, it's like, they're going to know it's me. You've got to yeah. leave town. By Monday, like, they're going to call the office. And again, he thinks he's in control. Yeah. I love when he turns. Isn't it kind of weird how many movies we've covered that are just about control and like mm-hmm. the illusion of control? I think it's a very common It's just a very theme. common yeah, theme, but yeah. Sure kind of just hit me all at once there by saying it anyways and oh. I, I think that you totally nailed it though when you said the illusion of control the illusion of because i don't know that any of us ever really have control of anything <laughs> we can sure think we can we think we do you know something funny about that scene i was just thinking about um i read when they had all the guys all the extras down if, after the big shootout they had one of the biggest expenses of the movie was the fake blood for those scenes. Mm-hmm. It was $800 a gallon. Oh, oh wow. wow. $800. So normally it's just like, you know, sugar. It's a sugar based. Yeah. Dude, we um, made a blood, lot of fake blood. Which we made. Our, yeah. Our we just, it was just essentially syrup, yeah. right? Corn syrup and, and food dye. The problem with that was they were shooting outside. So the bugs had zero interest in this $800 a gallon fake blood. But if they used the normal cheap stuff, yeah, everybody would have bugs and I mean, ants you've, crawling you've all over. You've heard. Uh, stories from like the production of evil dead the first evil dead movie mm. and just their cheap ass uh corn well, that, syrup yeah, that was the film that inspired yeah, us to make all the things we, we got we got the recipe from the bruce the, campbell the bruce uh, if campbell. could kill yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah the idea of not getting eaten alive by bugs and not i wonder if it felt sticky to your skin you know like, it did when we did or uh, amazing I would prefer world of cannibalism like, it stained well, my no, no, hands no, i would prefer like oily i wonder <laughs> did it if, like ruined my countertop the expensive, yeah. the expensive stuff i wonder if it felt oily you I know, wonder. instead of sticky, hmm. right? Like that, I would expect that for you know the price that you're saying eight hundred dollars. Yeah, a did gallon. you know that 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 scene, the shootout with like the you know the jeeps, the people dead and everything, they recreated that for Grand Theft Auto Five. You can like go up into the mountains in that game, and you can see that 
scene. Huh. You can stumble across it yourself, and I think there's like a buried treasure or something. Weird. Yeah, kind of a neat it little nod dollars? to it. It might be. And Anton Chigurh comes after you? Yeah, I, I did it years ago, so... It was kind of cool. They were shooting out uh, outdoors, and they were shooting nearby uh, There Will Be Blood, mm-hmm. and they missed a day of shooting because Paul Thomas Anderson, who's directing There Will Be Blood, was working on the scene where they uh, blow up the oil derrick. And so there's just these big, huge Smoky. smoke clouds. And so the Coens were like doing a lot of exteriors and had to wait a day because of that. And then they ended up competing against each other for uh, Best Picture. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, the right movie won, but man... I love There Will Be Blood. Yeah. That might be a fun one. I drink yeah. your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> There's a joke in community Dude, that, where uh, that they scene say with that'll the never bowling, get old. Yeah, that scene with the bowling at the end is the one no, of the weirdest thing. That's not even so my, harrowing. That's not even yeah. my favorite quote. My favorite quote is when he's like, just give me the blood, Eli. Yeah, give me the blood, Lord. Give me the blood, Lord. Give me the blood, Lord. He's in there making fun of the when, religion. When, do you oh, remember man. watching that movie? We watched that for the movie club. That was our very like very, one of our very first movie clubs that we ever did. It was let's at go to your, Magnus's house. Yeah, it was at it the was apartment, at the Parkway Crossing. Yes, and we watched like an hour of it, and we're like, gosh, we got to take a break. And we all you know went out and got food. We came back. We watched some more of it. We had to leave and do something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it's like a seventy-hour movie. It, Dude, it took it us like, like eight that. hours of our day to get through this movie. Like, and we why just the hell does this film feel so long? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was yeah, our, that was our very first movie club, man. Weird. Like I remember, we also watched Sunshine, uh-huh. um, maybe Blade Runner, Moon, Moon. Yeah, we watched Moon. Moon is yeah. Yeah, Dude, that was that was when Linnea was maybe like was one, one and a half. Dude, those were good times. So, almost, I remember almost ten years ago, we pretty much did this movie club without the podcast. I remember you pride yourself on being able to uh, clean her diapers with just one wipe, yeah, like, one wipe, one you, and done. <laughs> it just you you got it down to an art, <laughs> dude. And that was, you know, and oh, I, I've man. I've gone through. Uh, I've got four kids, and you know, the last two are twins. I I've changed more diapers than I can even imagine if you piled them up into a giant mountain it, it would kill someone like the smell alone would kill someone <laughs> it's uh, enough to bacon in the sun dude that's the worst dude. how the hell do you clean your trash cans because mine oh, smells dude. so no, you, just get, you get new trash cans so we maybe we, that's the we, answer don't clean we tried trash using cans. uh what, what is that thing the the one that the makes diaper the mental, genie. diaper genie made little sausages, you know, <laughs> you just put them through this little blue yes. sl- plastic sleeve and it would just kind of trap them in and supposedly trap the smell. Did it work? But the problem is I changed so many diapers, especially with the twins. I just kept going and going and going and going and going. And I would well, fill, I would fill that thing like up. 10 well, diapers. Yeah. And, and I, would, I would fill the diaper genie, you know, it was made for someone with one kid and I would fill it up in like half a day. Uh, so it, then, wasn't, it wasn't worth and it. So the smell would start seeping out and it's like, ah, get rid of it. And and then you know I I would be running out of the uh, the 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 fill pack to do more diapers and those things got expensive and so I was looking into making my own at one point and that just wasn't worth the effort so eventually we just started throwing them in this little like you know kind of a foot controlled garbage can you know I've but seen those anyways yeah the smell I'm just I'm glad I'm not changing you diapers just, anymore you gotta throw it away. Dude, you guys said Anyways, Moon. Back. You guys said Moon. Did you know they had a semi sequel to Moon on Netflix? What? Yeah, it's called uh, Mute. Mute. What the hell? It's How directed have I not by. Heard about well, this? it's because it's it's kind of like a. Is it on super Netflix right now? Yes. So it's Duncan Jones directed both. Uh, he's the son of David Bowie. Alexander ah. Skarsgård. Yeah, is Alexander Skarsgård. I love him. It's got Paul Rudd. 
It's awesome. Alexander Sarsgaard plays a mute bartender whose girlfriend gets kidnapped and he goes on this trail of revenge. It's okay. It's, I mean, it's not like the best movie ever or anything, but it's it's directly tied into Moon and mm. kind of the events that happen after. If you haven't seen Interesting. Moon, Sam yeah, Moon is great. on the Moon. Yeah. Great, great movie. It's yeah. really good. He, it said for Mute, it says a mute bartender goes up against the city's gangsters in an effort to find out what happened to his missing partner. Boom. I nailed it. I watched that movie like freaking eight months ago when it came out. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great movie. Duncan Jones, great director. I'll uh, check it out. Source Code too is really good. Well, with Jake I like, I like Source Code. It's it's a little uh, sappy, but I love Groundhog's it. Day on a train. Yeah. I love that one too. You know what? I got to thinking about Groundhog's Day the other day. The more I thought about it, because I was thinking about this whole you know, Me Too movement and everything that's going on in mm-hmm. society right now, and in the new context of <laughs> culture today, where we're at, that film's creepy as shit. Because mm-hmm. it's her first day on the fil- on the job, and he's just repeatedly oh, yeah. trying to sleep with her and over and yeah, over. And she's locked in. You know what I mean? And so, like, he's trying to come up with every creative way just to sleep with her. And I don't know. That film has darker undertones now. When I was a kid, uh, I wasn't thinking about it. This is oh, what, the, this the, is the part where he conti- on the, negative side. <laughs> the part where he continuously starts committing suicide over and over and over. As a kid, I thought it was hilarious. Right. You know, like it's it's one of the few movies that made suicide such a joke. You mm. know, but you think the idea of it too. I, like, I, I what if that was it. the day where he like died? That's what I always was concerned yeah. about. It like, made me super anxious. I'm like, man, what if he actually... Yeah, it'd be well, cool I mean, to you kill saw, yourself. You saw how happy he was the first time he woke up, you know? Right. Uh, well, think, well, well after, the, after the, the train, that wasn't... I guess that wasn't the suicide attempt. I, I love the realization. I guess that's when he thought he was invincible from the law. I love Never the realization mind. when he goes, uh, I, I'm a god. Or he goes, or maybe one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm a god. A god. So funny. Yeah. But holy shit. So we deviated we from deviated. no country. It's fine. So we're going to go back. No country. Let's, let's find our way back. <laughs> so you got to think Javier Bardem, one of the greatest Follow villain the roles of all time. He won for every single major award. He won Best Supporting Actor. He's like one of only a few actors to ever do that, if not the only, to win a Best Supporting Actor for the Globes, the BAFTAs, the Academy Awards, everything. So how I was talking about the Dark Tower movie. At one point, Javier Bardem. Yes. After this, he was he tied was, uh, to he was going to be Roland, and again, not who I pictured, but I was excited to see his version of Roland after seeing him as uh, Anton Sugar. Well, he's, was yeah, there, he's such an is awesome. Is there a villain. name for that mode he goes into when he just can snipe everybody? Like, there's that scene in the film when all of a sudden it was like he taps into the force. I don't know what to call it, and then he no could country? just. No, no, no! In um, just, just. Oh, in the Dark Tower. Yeah, oh, the, the Dark, Dark Tower. Tower. I, um, not necessarily. Uh, he just is an incredible. He just spoke marksman. Chi. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just his gunslinger uh, chi. Yeah. yeah, gunslinger chi. He uses his gunslinger eyes. He says his gunslinger chant. Yeah, there, there is a, there is a chant, and you know, I guess w- without making it like a an actual labeled event. Yeah, he's pretty much just tapping into the you know the force the, the equivalent gun, of the force mode. gun gun kata <laughs> yeah right? it's gun kata there you go <laughs> did you have um it's probably worth noting all the awards this film won cuz you mentioned some just now yeah. but it won some oscars it did it took uh, it took best picture best picture it was so well deserved too from the coens the and time. they uh, and best director and it was the f- 
one of only two times that it was shared between two directors for the same movie. Mm. So they won Best Picture. Uh, also, the Javier won the Best Performance uh, by an Actor in a Supporting Role. And then also uh, the writing. Um, what else? The the directing. They won the directing that Anything year. Anything about so sound? They were nominated for... Let's see here. What else were they nominated for? They were nominated for editing. But did you know they have a pseudonym? It says Achievement in Cinematography, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and Sound Editing. Yep. Our good old friend Roger Deakins. Isn't it? Deakins. 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 Denkies. Denkies. He is such an incredible... Cinematographer. Uh, cinematographer. cinematographer director Dude, he sucks Scott, because he made that yeah, freaking movie with think about Johnny how Depp. beautiful oh, the movie I, I never saw that i, uh, I tried to watch what's it what's it called uh, singularity no or something no it's just an eye there's a there's a movie with johnny depp and his com, his face is pixeling into yeah, the sky he goes into the computer he, he is his his being his uh he gets transcendence called, or transcendence. Zola, I think. it's called lawnmower yeah. man three his he gets uh zolud what's <laughs> yeah. what's the guy from captain america zola you know they put him his mind oh, in the machine oh, in winter soldier yeah, winter yeah, soldier yeah, yeah. yeah. the yeah, dude, but Deacons, man, such a boss. Like you think about all the films he's done, like oh, Sicario man. and Unbroken and Skyfall, and Blade, the Runner. new Blade Runner. Dude, such a legend, dude. And Skyfall had another incredible villain role of Javier Bardem with a dumb haircut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the combo. You want to make a f-ing amazing movie? Put Javier in Deac- with a dumb Deacons, haircut as a cinematographer. Javier Bardem in a dumb haircut. <laughs> and it'll be the best movie ever. Did you know that Tommy Lee never took an acting class? I thought that that was kind of interesting. Did, I, didn't he like play football or something? Maybe. Like, I, 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 don't I don't know. know. But, but he That's cool. He's such a good actor. So, I guess is, is he making much films anymore? Tommy Lee? Not, Not really. I maybe he's retired. Did you know he got an extra 15 million dollars for this movie? They had some issue. There was something his agent found out. I want extra fifteen million. That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> right? They're like, oh, there was. Oh, some, we'll just slap on an extra fifteen million. Issue with his amount of time in the movie or role in the movie or something. I don't remember what it was, but he ended up receiving from Paramount an additional fifteen wow. million dollars. Well, I mean, he deserves it. I I I know I've I've been a big fan of uh, Tommy Lee Jones since uh, Men in Black. Dude, yeah. Like as a kid, seeing that movie that cemented him in my mind as old dude badass. You know, yeah. kind of like uh, fugitive. Taken, yeah. You know, he apparently is, is uh, rumored to be in an upcoming film with Casey Affleck. He's rumored to Stoner. be on this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, come on, it's <laughs> gonna be point. rumored. Anything dude, let's send him an email. Tweet him. Right, Tommy Lee Jones. Come dude, I, I would I would be so starstruck. I wouldn't know what to do. Like, uh, one of the few celebrities I've ever met, like face to face was, uh, Bruce Campbell, like where I had to talk to him. Yeah. And I, I went to a book signing tour and, uh, it was in, while I was in Chicago, actually, when we were doing the security systems and, uh, I, I went up to him, you know, it was my turn. I'm standing in line with this stupid book, getting ready to, you know, have talked to one of my childhood heroes. And, uh, he sits down and he tells me this story about Vernal, uh, where he hung out with some bikers in a bar and they were, he felt like they were going to come kick his ass, but then, uh, they figured out who he was. They recognized him from either Briscoe County jr. Or evil dead. <laughs> Army of Darkness. County jr. And it's like, Hey, <laughs> and then they all like bought him beers and like, hung awesome. out with him. But yeah, when I got up and was ready to talk to him, I'm just, 
uh, I talked to Zach Efron like, a couple times. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> he was, he was, was filming here. Yeah, the, it was when they're doing High School Musical three. I was an extra, mm-hmm. and I just kept walking around because it was dumb. And I like I ran into him three separate times, and I just kept chatting with him. Like I was like, "Hey, man, there's a bunch of people who just went on break. They're do, coming this way. Do Watch you remember out. Uh, when we would talk about what we would do if we uh, ran into Tom Hanks ever? Yes. We'd just throw. I up. would start throwing just up, throw up and then weep. Openly. Throw up and then cry on the ground. Yeah. I've he heard does. that he's like one of the nicest guys. Oh, he would, ever that's the thing. He'd be so cool and engaging and it would make me want to throw up more. Is there any actor that's more loved in America than, than Tom Hanks? No, uh, probably not. Tom, like, Hanks Tom Hanks is, is across, the, across really the board. Is. Like nobody can say, I don't like Tom Hanks. If they say that they're absolutely wrong. They're lying. They're a, they're a demon, you they, know, <laughs> stake them, put some salt in their mouth, you know, do whatever. Dude. It's like, get rid of them, get them out of here. Since you mentioned Chicago, I think now's a good time to bring up that story. So I don't don't uh, remember when I mentioned Did, that. I, I thought you told it. The motorhome. No, the motorhome. Oh yeah, the motorhome. Then we went on a motorhome tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I started no, no, talking I'll be, about I'll, Grand I'll be fast because I, I promised the story. But the, <laughs> when so in the movie he uh, hides the money underneath the motorhome, and uh, while he was down there, I was reminded of this time in Chicago because we go and install these security systems in a lot of these uh, motorhomes. And you have to run. A, a, a line, a phone line from the panel, which was sometimes in the middle of the house, run it down under the crawl space, which dude, and there's scary, no, and you'd have to run it out to the phone box. There's hardly any space underneath those things, and they're always covered in cobwebs, spiders. And, spiders. Oh, dude, but his was nice and clean, all things considered. <laughs> dude, the spiders, I hated that. I'd always come out of, out from underneath with all these spiders in my hair, and mm-hmm. uh, dude, but. One time I was underneath there and I had to drill up through the floor, through the floor. and um, I thought I was in the right spot, but I drilled <laughs> straight up and I'm like, huh, this doesn't feel right. And uh, I go back around, I go into their house and there's this hole right, right in, in the, the middle. middle of their kitchen. Like, <laughs> I, think, I, I think I remember you calling me and you're like, dude, Magnus. I need your help. So, I didn't know what to do. And the per- they're like, is everything okay? I'm like, everything's yeah, fine. Cool. I just put my foot over the hole because I didn't know how nice. to deal with it. We, 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 <laughs> filled, we filled it with silicone. Well, I actually ended up calling and uh, they have uh, technicians. They'll come out and actually do repairs. Yeah. But um, it was the first time it ever happened to me. I was just losing. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? But um, anyway, we've covered, you know, the, the actors, the the plot, the whatever. Let's let's get towards the end. I guess we'll talk about the the mean potatoes, like the moral of the store and stuff. And and one of the things I loved really, and what I took away from this story is that the film's about the struggle for dignity in the face of old age. You know, like uh, human cruelty and our own mortality. Uh, the movie's really the sheriff Bell's uh, inability to reconcile the world he sees with the one he thinks he remembers, you know, and he can't tell if he's changed or if the world has. And he's navigating this whole thing, uh, and and it's really difficult for him. And uh, the the tactics that Shigur uses is brutal, brutal, right? Brutal and, on uh, a level that they had never seen yeah. before. Yeah. As Police Again, they see they see a what looks like a bullet wound in the head, and they can't find the bullet. There's no exit wound, and there's no bullet in the head. It's like what killed him, right? And he just kind of drops it in that conversation with uh, Llewellyn's wife, where he's just like telling the story of you know 
the 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 guy who thought he was in control that he could always just shoot a bull you know shoot shoot the cattle shoot the cattle right. you know and kill it and then he ends up shooting himself and getting hit by the ricochet you know on, on something so simple as i think they say nothing sure uh oh man i can't remember it nothing sure even when dealing with a cattle mm-hmm. or with a steer or something like that but uh yeah so he kind of just drops it in the conversation that how they kill them nowadays is the little pneumatic yeah. you know, pump that just shoots right. the steel into their brain. What a nice conversation for that poor wife. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, by the way, guess what? If your husband but thinks he's going to make it, I, dude, I love that way of explaining, you know, kind of telling us what it was. And, you know, you realize at that point that, you know, he, they, the cops are figuring it out too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's almost as if the tactics he used to maintain civility no longer work and he's dealing with criminals that it's just those tactics are no longer effective and the only thing that i thought about that is a little felt a little out of character with shigur though is remember that scene when he was at the shower and then the guy goes no me mate which means don't kill me yeah and then shigur just closes, closes the shower yeah, curtain and shot it. him well because he just want the blowback he just didn't want the, the blood it's to like, splash it's back a, it's it's dexter. it was a dexter yeah. move oh okay yeah so it wasn't to uh, mercy to yeah. the guy it was just to protect his clothes yeah. there you go the most shocking thing in this movie for me was josh brolin's last scene i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it yeah go his ahead. final scene in the movie was it off-screen so death. confusing it was I, at first i didn't understand what i was looking it at it was confusing it was underwhelming the fact that shigur didn't get him that it was just the you know the, me- was the just, other mexican yeah, they, they drug just, dealers. whoever else had it yeah and i, I remember sitting there and i was with i think steve and i saw this together i don't remember who i was with but after I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? Because it was just so to the side and almost kind of thrown away. It was chaos. And it was the first time I watched it. That's when I realized in the theater, I was like, oh, this is about Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. This is not a movie about Josh Brolin. And it was such a cool, like, visceral, shocking way of realizing that. And then we, to kind of we follow. saw what he saw. Yeah, and then and we it, kind of followed Tommy Lee us. through the end, through his retirement, where he kind of starts to realize. I love I love him him talking about wanting to reminisce with the old timers. So I mm-hmm. loved, I loved getting their stories, their stories of not carrying a gun mm-hmm. of, you know, catching one Just guy that, that like fantasized, like old wild, West. wild West yeah. Yeah, style cowboys and Indians types. Mentality. Again, you can, you can even say that the guy's not carrying their guns because uh, a sense of control that they didn't need their guns. Yeah. They, they didn't feel like they needed it for and sure. You know what? want to know the one of the only scene where he pulls out his gun. It's, is when at the well, hotel well there's the hotel yeah and then when he comes back to the hotel when he yes. realized what kind of a that he was in no country anymore you know yeah. he wasn't in a place where he could have that luxury have of not pull pulling his gun potentially and I, th- I like that pause before he goes in where he knows that if he walks through the door he's done well i loved it because he had a chance to walk away and he flipped the coin yep, yep. you know that was his moment where even though nothing came of it, he was ready to come what may, die in that He was going to walk up to the country, put his nose <laughs> against the grindstone and see who came out on the other side. But what I liked is that well, just like throughout the rest of the film, you learn that he w- had that moment, but the guy had left. He yeah. was still one step ahead. Yep. And that's when he realized, you know what? I'm out the game. Like I'm not fit for this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't follow him. And then you have that beautiful scene when he's back home and he's looking out across the prairies, you know, yeah, and going uh, for a ride, going for a ride. And, uh, 
he has that uh those he talks about those two dreams right yep the two dreams do you remember the dreams um i remember one the one of them was really quick uh he is meeting with his dad in town his father and it's about a lost money money. yeah could be it, it 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 could be a lot of things like the, it could be related to the coin toss or maybe the $2 million it could be about a lot do, of things. Do you have you know? the dreams written down right there? I, 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 yeah. I did. It let's, was, let's have you, was, read, you should just read out those dreams real quick. I didn't write the whole thing. Okay. It was just the, all I wrote was that the first one was about lost money. Like the first one was so quick that he didn't even really, he didn't spend much time, spend on much it. time on it. So there's one well, again, money is fleeting. You That's know, a good point. it's it was the the subject of the movie. You know, it's, it was kind of the driving force. But at the same time, what's it worth in the end? You know, right. so why why spend a lot of time on it? It's not the important thing. So but, I, that's that's kind of how I took that. But the second, the second dream's the big one. Is the big one, mm-hmm. and uh, the dream is about his father, and uh, and basically his father is carrying this fire in the darkness and he's they cross each other's paths and um i i really like that and uh, and because in a way it was symbolic his his father was going to get like a campsite ready that he was going to join later that's what it was right right? to establish the and when you when you think about it, his father has passed, and mm-hmm. so he, you could liken it to the fact that his his father's in the afterlife, and his father's waiting for him, and that it's not quite his time to go yet, but soon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like he knows that he's getting towards the yeah, end of his life, of an omen. and his father's out there waiting for him. You know, and uh, but he's keeping the fire going in the darkness, and that he's all surrounded by all this coldness. You know, he just gone through this horrific experience, and it kind of also reminded me a little bit about the uh, the the film The Road. You know, mm-hmm. the dream. Cormac McCarthy, exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, you, let me ask you guys a quick question before we roll it. Do you feel like Tommy Lee Jones sometimes that you live in a country? Oh, for sure. For, like I, I, I look at YouTube. I look at everything technology, Snapchat, no, the, this Vine, po- this podcast. Every time it. we get ready to record it, I feel like I'm too old for this. I feel like I'm kind of the. Is it a spring chicken or whatever? Is that something? Any, anyways, there is a spring chicken somewhere. Anyways, I, I you feel aren't a spring chicken. I feel like I'm an old dog. Let's say that. I'm an old dog and this is a new trick that I'm trying to do and I'm just going with it, going with it, but that maybe it, it's not going to work out. I mean, that's a fear of mine. It is know? a scary thought. The idea of where the world is and what it's going through yeah. and all of these things that they're experiencing, the way that people are talking, we're in our thirties mm-hmm. and the world has moved on from us. Yeah, we are, we are <laughs> Imagine no, when we're in our seventies and our eighties. Again, we are no sure. longer the central focus of like pop culture. You know, it's like we kind of we're at the tail end a little bit, but at the same time, we're no longer like the main target audience for advertising, for, you know, movies, for everything. You know, we except Disney, Disney still Disney still markets directly to us. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's it's weird kind of seeing that all shift away from us a little bit. Mm hmm. The, the one final thing I'd say about that, though, is the shifting world and the darkness and all this is it kind of rem- like that end scene and that dream. It really kind of reminded me of the road. And it's this sort of idea that there's we need something to put up against the darkness. And I don't know what it is. And maybe all there is is just a hope, you know, a hope that things can be better. And then uh, 
you awake and from that dream. And then it just dream, cuts to right? black. It cuts to black. Yeah, I love that. I loved it. And um, so if you've never seen this film, you should totally give it a try. We didn't even talk about how great Woody Harrelson is. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, we, we talked about a ton of this movie, and there was so much still left on the table. We could we could easily every, do a revisit yeah, at some point. Every single aspect of this movie is great. Mm-hmm. The pacing, the writing, the lack of music, the story, every single aspect of it is telling a story. Mm-hmm. After watching this, you go back and watch Fargo, and you and you can see the mirrors of that story. You can see that... Yeah, the, the villains are similar, that the actors are similar, that they've got this great, incredible sheriff lead in Tommy Lee Jones or Francis McDormand, whatever it might be. But this is legitimately, with I mean, without any real, I don't know, fluff or anything, one of the best movies ever made. Right. So, there's so, so this, many good this is This is uh, one of those movies that if you were to uh, send out a time like a, a time pod or something into space to shoot it to aliens, you'd want to include this movie. Yeah, in 30 years, know? this movie will still be just as good. Yeah. It will be timeless. No, I mean, in 300 years, you know. You know, one of my favorite quotes from that film is when he says, uh, if the rule you live by brought you to this, what good was that rule? Yeah. Uh, when he says that to um, Woody Harrelson, yeah. such a good moment. But yeah, then, so uh, o- overall, um, you know, I could see someone sitting down for this for the first time and, you know, maybe they're looking, they're kind of more the comedy type or, you know, I don't like these kind of movies, you know, but if you give this movie a chance, the story just really holds on to you. Like you've got to yeah. know what happens next. You know, one of the, my takeaways too, is I was thinking about how, you see a lot of scenes in the desert with trails of blood. And oh. I thought about those trails of blood. And I was thinking about all the blood that's been spilled upon the earth, you know, and and how much violence has been uh, rooted in and, and rising up from below the surface, mm-hmm. you know, some of it natural, some of it man-made. But, you know, on this earth... Uh, we come, you know, from it's like from dust and from dust will return, you know, like the scriptures say. And uh, you half expect that there's going to be that the blood in this movie is going to just seep out of the ground, almost like Texas oil. You know what I mean? And it's just the land is so saturated with all this ancient blood. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really get that feel in this movie that uh, a lot of shit has History been leaves down, behind a lot you know? of blood. For sure. Um, real, real quick, something that I forgot to mention: uh, the coyotes weren't eating anybody, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was something. It's like I thought, you know, that the coyotes would have gotten to all this stuff by now. That was kind of neat, you know. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. What made you think that? Uh, what What made you like that? What made? Okay, so um, I I'm sure that there's some symbolism behind there if I if I dug deep enough, but on the surface. Uh, it just kind of seemed like uh, even the natural, like, wild animals knew that there was evil afoot, and they just wanted mm. to have nothing to do with it. Well, like, the, you the know? people were more... The people had sold themselves into a lifestyle uh, that led them into, like, into iniquity, into evil, and the wild animals just knew to avoid it. And, you the, know, they, and the people are more threatening than the actual wild animals, mm-hmm. which 
feels a lot like the theme of the walking dead. Yeah. And there's, (laughs) and there's probably a little more to that. Uh, you know, the idea that the, the wild animals weren't eating anybody, but that's kind of what I got out of it. Anyways, I, I had forgot. I I remember I wanted to bring that up, but yeah, cool movie. It's, it's the best. Go watch this movie. Totally go watch it. And I'm thinking that's it, man. So what, what's the next episode? Uh, next episode, we are doing uh, Spider-Man 2 from 2004. Yes, 2004. Is it 2004? Uh, the Sam Raimi. Uh, so the middle, the middle movie in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Um, thought that was worth a watch, and uh, we'll talk to you about it next time. Yeah, so if you want to follow along, watch the film, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for hanging out. Peace.